Hi Suhu, thank you for joining us. And for everyone else that hasn't known Suhu, he's the co-founder and the, the chief revenue officer of CoinFlex. And he has over 10 years of experience in the derivatives trading space, which is quite different from what we see out there because usually a lot of these DeFi product creators are quite different. They don't really have a lot of real life experiences or industry experience, but Suhu has a lot of experiences. And yeah, welcome Suhu. Thank you, thank you, Lisa. First of all, just to say the CRO means Chief Risk Officer rather than Revenue Officer, but that's fine. We need we would we, we need someone like that too. So that's our next job. Um, but uh, thank you for having me. Thank you. So today we're going to go a bit more basic understanding to understand a little bit more about the financial space and to give to give general retail investors, you know, like people like you and me, to understand a little bit more about. Deriv derivatives about repo and how they all come together and what can we look at from a tokenized perspective of these kind of products. So we're going to start, we're going to structure this interview or this, this episode into four sections. The first one, we're going to understand a little bit more about derivatives. The second, we're going to understand what is repo. Everyone talks about repo, but what is that even? Then we're going to look at how can we tokenize them together to create this new cool thing called FlexUSD. And lastly, we're going to look at the different risks involved when we're looking at these kind of products. So, Sounds good, yeah. Awesome. Let's get started with derivatives. Okay, so what's derivatives? So um, when, when in the traditional space or even in crypto, when retail uh, investors buy a token uh, or buy a, a stock or a share, they uh, uh, and it costs sort of $10 and you want to buy 10 of them, you have to put up $100 of capital. So you would send in $100 worth of uh, either USD, uh, another currency or even $100 worth of crypto, like say a fraction of a BTC or a fraction of Ethereum. And you'd use that to buy the other token. And But what it means is that you are spending $100 of uh, a token that you have or an asset to swap it for another asset. And so your net portfolio value is still worth 100. You obviously hope the token you're buying is going up, but, but you have essentially swapped one asset for another. Uh, where derivatives differ from this is that to, to, to is, is, is essentially leverage. And what that means is that to get that same $100 worth of exposure into a token, depending on what exchange it is and what the leverage is, and we can come back to talk about leverage later, but what it means is that you may have to put down $10 and you get the same $100 exposure. Uh, now what that so and that sounds really fantastic and you know you might be you know your your users might be saying oh wow well why would I bother putting a hundred dollars up to get a hundred dollars if I could just put ten and with my hundred dollars I could get a thousand dollars worth um, well there's there's no free lunch and 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 where what you have to be careful about is that you could lose absolutely everything on a small move down, the bigger the leverage you, you, you do is. So for example, if you use the spot example, and um, you know if you bought the token for $100 and it went down to you know $90, well, okay, you've lost 10 bucks, but you still got $90 of exposure. But if you're, you, if you're on 10X leverage or 100X leverage, you essentially have like 10% to 1% room before you get liquidated from your position. So in this example of spending, using $10 of margin to get a $100 exposure on a, on a say, 100X uh, leverage contract, you know, the, your, the, the, the contract or token could go down by 1% from 100 to 99 and you would lose all your money that you invested in collateral. And it then it could go up to... $10, so the maximum loss is just a ten dollars. 
Correct. But you could then go to 200 and you've missed out on the whole move. So you, you could be fundamentally correct and write about your analysis of this is the token I want to buy uh, in the long run, but in the short term, it comes off. And so you get liquidated on your, on your position. So that's the downside of derivatives. Now, the upside of that is the leverage, as you mentioned, also something you just mentioned just now, which is really key for a lot of crypto exchanges. Um, in fact, all crypto exchanges, your losses are limited to the amount of money that you have in your account. Uh, at least for the offshore derivatives exchange. Now, in the traditional space, this is an, in an example, a great thing to point. It's in the traditional space, and we saw this when oil went negative um, many months ago. If you had an account with, uh, uh, you know, kind of the big retail brokers in the traditional space, you, they would come after you for losses. So your losses extend beyond the capital in your account, and it's a huge, huge difference. And so there were a lot of retail traders trading oil contracts who went bankrupt because their accounts went into negative values, i.e. they lost more than what was in the account. And the big brokers in the US went after each of them and bankrupted them, uh, asking them for more, more money. And the CME would do the same again, not the CME directly, but the clearing members of the CME would do exactly the same for you. They'd be like, listen, Lisa, I know you only had 10 bucks in your account, but your account is now down $50 because we couldn't liquidate you in time. You know, you owe us that or we're going to uh, bankrupt you in the courts. Whereas with the offshore derivatives exchanges like ourselves, the key thing for retail customers is that your losses are limited to what you have in your account. It's our responsibility to make sure that you're liquidated in a, in a timely fashion. So I like that you brought up the, the thing of oil, oil derivatives, because one of the things yep. that a lot of people are asking is, what is physically delivered? And what is the difference between the other option? Yeah, so the other option to physical is cash settlement. And if you look at the traditional space and even crypto, you have uh, instruments that do both. Exact same instruments, whether it be BTC futures or it could be um, treasury bond futures and you got cash and physical settle uh, instruments. And what physical delivery means is that if you're long the contract and short the contract and you take it to the expiry, expiry is when the contract ends. So there will be a set date where each of these contracts expire. Uh, if you take it to that set date, uh, you will get whatever you're long or short. So for example, if you're long Bitcoin with physical delivery and you're long one BTC future, you will receive one BTC and you have to pay somebody else some dollars. And if you're short, you will receive dollars and you have to deliver BTC to a counterparty. So that's physically delivered. Cash works differently where cash is purely a PL exchange. So in the example of the $100 token, if I traded a $100 cash uh, settled future with you, I bought and you sold and at 100 bucks and you went up to 101 for you would then owe me a dollar and I would take that off you or the exchange would take it from your account put it into my account and that was my dollar now. So, so in cash settlement, you have no underlying exposure to the actual token uh, in, in the sense that you never receive it. You receive a PNL from a synthetic ownership of it. Whereas with physical delivery, you actually end up, if you want, taking ownership of the underlying asset into your own wallet. So you have the PNL and the asset at the end. And if the underlying asset is in USD, so the physical settlement is the cash settlement as well, right? No, no. In, in physical uh, delivery, in, in the example of BTC, you or this token, you would end up as the buyer owning the token and you would then give a hundred bucks or BTC's worth or, uh, you know, the dollars to the seller. So you're actually swapping assets, physical assets with the buyers and sellers. Whereas 
Whereas with cash settlement, there's only USD PL going back between me and you. And is there we a never... benefit to physically deliver? So we, we are strong believers of physical delivery and CoinFlex is the first physically delivered uh, crypto exchange in the world. And since us, there's been backed and, uh, and others, uh, AerisX in the US. Um, we're not pioneers in physical delivery. Physical deliveries exist for 50 or 100 years from agricultural products on, on Western exchanges and even Chinese rice futures probably going before that. But the, 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 the big commercial use cases for physical delivery are commercial hedges. So if you use Bitcoin as an example, and you've got Chinese miners who are earning in BTC, they know every day or every week they earn like, a certain amount of BTC, they've got to pay uh, mining fees in dollars or, or Roombi, they will then come and sell, sell uh, CoinFlex futures, deliver Bitcoin, receive dollars. Because for them, cash settlement doesn't mean anything because it, you know, it's, it's cash settlement is some form of hedge for them, but the perfect hedge will be physical delivery. Um, now for retail customers, the uh, physical delivery really is if you want to take ownership of the contract into your, own, uh, into your own wallet. Like you could go and trade a perpetual future or perpetual swap, I know we'll come back to talk about this, I think, later, where you get the exposure to the underlying, but you don't get the actual underlying in, into your wallet or cold storage. Yeah. So for physically delivered, it's, it's more useful to miners who actually have the products because they're creating these products, whereas cash settlement is a little bit more on the speculative side because you don't have to touch the underlying product at all. Correct. There's miners, there's payment providers for physical, there's loads of other use cases, but essentially what you say is correct, because if you're a retail high leverage customer, it's, it's not because you, you know, maybe you may not actually need the actual Bitcoin itself. You want the exposure because you're really bullish on Ethereum or Bitcoin or, or Bitcoin Cash, but, but you don't necessarily have a use case for the actual coin itself. And, and later on, you could take your profits and sell out and buy spot and you know, take the underlying crypto into, into your wallet. But, but um, that's up to you. Mm. One thing in derivatives is this thing called spot versus perp futures. What's the difference yep. and what's perp futures? Right. So spot, uh, in, in our example before, is where you had to fully pay up for it. Um, crypto developed, um, I think it was um, uh, some early exchanges in crypto. BitMEX um, mm. was, was the pioneer in perpetual futures. And it was a really, really innovative product. And and what it, what it is, is that, is that um, if we look at uh, normal futures first, uh, normal futures, like I said earlier, had a, have an end date. And so if you trade the CoinFlex December Bitcoin futures, you know that on 25th of December, the, the Bitcoin futures expires. And so you have to make a decision about whether you want to fund your account, take delivery or not. And you have to manage your kind of position. Where perpetuals differ from that is that perpetuals are continuous uh, future so perpetually live and what it means is that essentially they they have a funding mechanism which you know which is somewhat complex but but the contract exists all the time so if you were fundamentally long bitcoin and you wanted to hold it for uh, a, a bitcoin exposure for a whole year you could just buy a perpetual and leave it there's nothing more you have to do and that's very very attractive to retail customers because they don't want to have to manage uh, exposure like a professional trading firm would. And do we have that in traditional finance in the capital market, perpetual futures? No, we don't, uh, not that I'm aware of. So it's a, it's a very, very innovative tool that was designed by, uh, by BitMEX and, and, and the guys before us. So tokenization actually brings about a lot of benefits and perks to other than just spot 
spot rate and spot market, which is what DeFi is looking at, but also a lot in the derivative space because you're looking at using tokenization to create new products. Tokenization is really just the tokenizing the value of all these pub futures products and then having all these complicated mechanisms in place that we don't have to see and the product just exists, we can just buy them in a tokenized version. Yeah, so so this is where we as CoinFlex are, you know, really specialized is that we we you know we'll come on to the repo section. I don't know whether now is a good time to go into, yeah. but 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 okay, great. So essentially what you explain the way you show it is is that you know we have a, a repo product and very briefly what a repo is is that it's a very short term, you know, eight hourly p- a rolling contract where people can swap assets around for different use cases. So I might have Bitcoin and I might need dollars for a reason, like this Chinese miner, for example. And so because I have a huge electricity bill to pay, I can sell Bitcoin in repo, receive dollars, and then the transaction unwinds the next day. So it's essentially a funding mechanism. It's not a a, a delta or directional play. And what this means is that our repo is a spot to perpetual futures trade. Now, you're completely correct that the repo borrower or lender, whether they be a retail guy, they don't really need to understand that under the hood, there's this complex transfers going on between spot and perpetuals. And all we're doing there is that, you know, we are taking these positions and matching it in the order book and crossing it up and giving people collateral, charging them funding or interest rates. But, you know, so they need to know the mechanism, but but you know, they may not really need to understand it. And, and so that was what we launched about four months ago. Uh, we've traded well over $500 million of repo volumes now. Uh, traded a bunch yesterday in the last 24 hours as well. Um, but what we realized is that tokenization actually added another uh, interesting layer to repo. And that was what we launched uh, last week and called FlexUSD. And, and what do we mean by FlexUSD is that uh, if you look at stable coins like USDC, Tether, and, and, and you know, True USD, and all these ones that are out there, uh, none of them pay interest at the base level. And, and what do we mean by that? And what we mean by that is that you could send um, uh, $1,000 to Circle or Coinbase uh, in the US to get USDC. They will pay you nothing on the dollars you send them, which they hold. They will send you USDC tokens of which you get paid absolutely nothing either. So you have literally swapped dollars for this token, which pays you no nothing on the dollar side or the token side. Now, you could take that token and um, lend it to somebody. You could use it to trade. You can do all kinds of stuff and earn a return. Lend it out to Celsius or, or, or Genesis and earn a return. But you have to take some action with it to start earning. And we... It dawned on us that essentially this would be a perfect tokenization tool into repo. And so what in this example, we we take take your USDC and tokenize it into Flex USDC. And so what we do is we give you Flex USD when you give us USDC. We re, we deploy your USDC into our repo product, and every eight hours you earn a market related interest rate on your USDC. And we don't know what that rate's going to be because it's market driven but we know it's above zero usually. Sometimes it could be zero, but it's above zero. It's right now, it's, it's like 12 or 15%. But the point is that this is 12 or 15% that you would not have received otherwise. Um, and in addition, you can now take your Flex USD and use it for other purposes. You could just keep it in your own personal wallet. So it's your own keys and earn, earn passive income. You could use it to trade uh, as collateral to trade derivatives on CoinFlex and hopefully other exchanges when they becomes accepted. 
uh, or most interestingly for you, because I know you're a DeFi person, is that we're speaking to a bunch of DeFi communities about ex uh, accepting FlexUSD into their stablecoin pools. Uh, so Curve are looking at it currently. Uh, Aave we're, we're speaking to, speaking to Metastable. And so once these communities accept FlexUSD, you can then put FlexUSD into those pools and earn whatever returns are getting uh, returned to you in those pools as well. And that's what we mean by yield squared. So you earn repo rates from the USDC and you earn uh, flex USD rates from the tokenization. And so together you could be talking about, you know, 20, 30% type scenarios, which is literally unheard of because one minute you had 0% and all of a sudden now you're, you know, inching towards the mid twenties, which is a phenomenal rate of return uh, and a very popular segment in the market, as you know, from the size of these DeFi stablecoin pools that are growing weekly, so. Absolutely. I think, so Flex USD is very interesting. I have a lot of questions that I want to ask, but let's mm -hmm. dial a little bit back and go back to repo for a second. And in your, so repo is basically short-term borrowing and lending. So, which is quite different from what DeFi is doing. For example, Aave or Curve or all the other, or Compound, they're doing a bit more long-term borrowing. So I can put my collaterals down and I'll borrow for a long, longer term. With repo, mm -hmm. it's more short-term borrowing, right? Where, who borrows them actually? Yeah, so repo is, is an eight hourly product um, that auto rolls like the perp. So you, do, you can borrow uh, from repo uh, and, and keep it open for, for weeks at a time. But uh, essentially the mechanism for repo is like if you are, if you are a dollar or Bitcoin lender, you get a perpetual position for the other side, which is where it prevents you from having market risk. But what it means, but because you have a perpetual future, what it means is that you're subject to funding. So you may receive money on the funding one, eight hours, you may pay. So your overall rate is uncertain. So you are essentially variable rate borrowing from repo if you're a borrower. Now we also have uh, fixed income products. We have futures that go out all the way to uh, the end of next year, December 21, and we have monthly fixed interest rate futures. So on CoinFlex, you can actually lock in your borrow. So if you wanted to borrow dollars using Bitcoin for three months, you could actually um, sell repo using a one-click borrow tool. You could use sell repo and buy interest rate futures and lock in your rate. And so on CoinFlex, you have, the you, have you can do variable rate borrowing, fixed rate borrowing. Um, then back to the, your question around who borrows, it's actually a bunch of different people have different use cases for it. So um, Chinese and miners who want to do short-term borrowing from Bitcoin against dollars. You've got long-term crypto holders who are hugely bullish their underlying token, but would like dollars because they need to buy a house or pay bills. So they would borrow for, from repo because they're not changing the underlying exposure to their coin. Uh, and which is key to them. So they don't actually have to sell it out for dollars. They can borrow against their collateral, um, against their coin, sorry, as collateral. Um, and the other, the other third use case is uh, trading firms because trading firms all the time need to be able to, 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 to manage um, uh, their kind of margin that they need from different exchanges. And it's also the same for borrower lenders. So as borrower lenders, uh, kind of give out one collateral or trading firms borrow from Celsius. Celsius will have a need for more dollars today or they have more Bitcoin today. And then they can use this as a treasury function for, for essentially a very liquid current account for, for everyone. Right. And, and the big difference about repo and CoinFlex, um, Lisa, is that in the traditional space, repo has also existed for a very, very long time. Uh, 
but it's not accessible to people like you and I. It's only accessible to JP Morgan, Merrill Lynch, City Bank, the Federal Reserve, the ECB, the Bank of England, you know, Barclays. People like you and I have never been able to access repo in, in and get market rates. And here we're bringing it to, to absolutely everyone. And you could be trading against Galaxy in our repo book and neither one of you would know about it and you'd both be happy with what happened. And that's really ver usually very good because repo rates are a lot more attractive than all the other rates available for a more retail peer-to-peer. It's absolutely. So um, if you if you use retail a repo compared to say the current borrowland market, you know whether it be Genesis or Celsius or or BlockFi or any of those guys, uh, you know if you wanted to repo your assets, you would have to go and speak to them individually. Now you would have no idea that the guy in the next office to you was paying one percent cheaper than you. Mm -hmm. Or, or you were getting, or you had a better deal than him. He wouldn't even know about it. So it's it's kind of uh, you know it's dark dark markets yeah. because it's in Telegram and and Slack mm. and in a multiple chat rooms so or WhatsApp. Uh, with our repo, is that you can come in, anyone can come in and see twenty four seven what the market rates are, and you get to trade on what the market rates are. So mm. we this is why we're huge fans of central order limit books. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that it it means that it's a it's a public place, a lit book that people can. Um, can anyone can view and access. So for those watching, it's, it's quite different from the Uniswap model because the Uniswap model is basically this big liquidity pool and you're trading against the pool. What central order CLOB, right? It's different because it's actually a book where people have buy orders and sell orders and you just match them together. Correct, correct. And who governs this? In, in the, the physical world and in the, or in, the, in the capitals market and also in DeFi? The exchange? The exchanges do, yeah. So we are we are the arbiter of of and the, and the technology provider and the market surveillance um, uh, responsibility for for managing these order books to make sure that they are all in an orderly function that there is no sort of untoward market practices going on in any of them so that so as to ensure the kind of integrity of the platform and the safety of all customers. And every eight hours there is a repo buying and selling going on so an, an auction, right? How does correct. That how does that work in general? Yeah, so if you want to deliver your Bitcoin um, for dollars, full stop, mm -hmm. you're not repoing. You want, you have dollar Bitcoin and you want to sell it out and and you want to receive dollars. You could go to a spot market and do that, or you could go to a repo market and and uh, say, okay, I've got ten BTC. I want to sell it for dollars, and and in the in the auction. Uh, we have a Dutch auction, which means that if we look at the net buyers and sellers, we look at what price it would unwind at, i.e. where is the liquidity, and then all the trade happens at the one price. So anyone who's bid higher than, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, if it was a big delivery, you don't get disadvantaged by bidding too high or too low because it will match at the price that, uh, that everyone would get filled at. So, it's, so a, as, it's, a, it's a, as a user, do I have to actively bid? Or I would no. just put the price and then that's what it does, right? It, it just finds it, the, the equilibrium, equilibrium price almost. Exactly right. That's exactly what it would do. So it, it's very simple. You would click on your, on your Coinflex GUI. You would click, you know, 10 BTC. I want to deliver it now. And you would just leave it at that point. And then the system would deliver it for you and deal with it at the, at the equilibrium price of the next eight-hour auction. Ah, perfect. So now... What FlexUSD is doing is to combine derivatives, which are all these different kind of futures contract and repo, which is the short-term borrowing and lending, combine them together, tokenize it into a FlexUSD, and then that's how we create FlexUSD. 
correct? Absolutely, absolutely right. So um, we have this thing called basis in futures, and basis is essentially the spot um, the difference between the spot price and the futures price. And typically, um, in crypto, the futures trade way higher than spot, and the reason that is is that because of leverage, which is what we spoke about in the first segment. And because retail customers um, get leveraged, they don't, you know, they they like to buy, they're more aggressive buyers of futures because they have to put less money up, the 10 bucks to buy $100 worth example. So it, the futures tend to trade above um, spot. And that gap is called basis. And essentially for that gap creates an interest rate because it's the same thing spot interviews especially on coinflex where it's physically delivered there's absolutely no risk so you can buy spot move to coinflex sell futures a hundred dollars above uh and those hundred bucks is yours but and no one can take it away from you firstly and secondly there's hundred bucks on your ten thousand dollar investment is the interest rate and so you have actually earned uh an interest rate for that trade and what our repo and what basis does is that every time futures goes above you'll get trading firms will come in sell up herb futures uh buy spot and then repo out of it and so our repo book suddenly starts becoming very active with buyers and sellers uh the usdc that's in the book it starts getting deployed earns an interest rate and every eight hours we we decide how, we check how much interest has been paid and then we paid out on chain pro rata to all Flex USD holders. So you can hold it in your own um, uh, cold wallet and you will still receive interest rates. You do not have to hold Flex USD on, on platform. And so you, you get to hold your keys. It's a huge, huge advantage. And whilst you sleep, you, you, you receive interest on, on your savings and your investment on the. That's super exciting because compared to Compound, Aave, BlockFi, and all the other, you know, more P2P lending, that's a bit more of. I can get interest rates because someone else is borrowing, but in CoinFlex, you're you're getting a bigger sh a bigger. It's like almost moving to a bigger pool, because you're taking in the derivatives market, the futures market coming in, and you have the institutional players who are borrowing all these different or institutional players or different kind of hedge funds borrowing all these kind of stuff. So it gives you bigger exposure for the same token that you have, for the Absolutely. same coin that you have. Correct. So so when you talk about scalability. It's, 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 it's very good that, you know, exactly how you mentioned it because, because we are taking uh, basis and what's going on in the global derivatives market and representing it through borrow lend, it's mm -hmm. hugely, hugely scalable. And, and, it, and what we, we, the term, you know, I know there's lots of terms that you guys love in your DeFi world and you're an expert at it, but we call it, it what we're doing is actually sustainable because mm -hmm. what we're taking is what's a phenomenon that's been seen for the last 50 to 100 years and will be the next 50 to 100, which is basis and mm -hmm. tokenizing that into a return. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, if you look at um, Compound or Aave or any of these uh, pools, you know, there's trading fees, which is really good. But if you mm -hmm. look at the AP from trading fees, they're very low. The really the right that they jacked up APYs are coming from token airdrops. And those are not sustainable in our view yeah. because it just cannot happen forever. It's just not economically possible. So the trading fees part of it, it's, it's very good. And we are, we're huge believers in DeFi. We absolutely love it. I think, you know, the DeFi space is just amazing. And DeFi gave us the idea of tokenization. So we're eternally grateful for them because it was right in front of us. And I, I kid you not, we may not have connected the dots if it wasn't for this DeFi craze this summer. And... Um, 
So, so you know, DeFi led us to flex USD, mm-hmm. but what we the returns that we've tokenized are, mm-hmm. are, are real returns that will be there for yeah. a while, and which is why it could also be zero some some days, or mm-hmm. you know, or two percent. You know, the lowest we've seen is like two or three percent. The highest we've seen is eighteen. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is that you know we're not guaranteeing returns because we're yeah. not airdropping anything, and so you know it's it's there for you to take. So that's absolutely very exciting because this is this is how I see tokenization. DeFi is really a lot of experiments, a lot of trying out new mechanisms. And then we take these mechanisms that work, then apply them to the capital market that we know for a long time. So we know derivatives exist for a long time. How can we tokenize the kind of value add that all these different instruments create and then create and then turn them into a product that retail people like you and me can use? That's yeah. the biggest value that tokenization can bring to retail people. And that's all DeFi is about because it's removing intermediaries and opening finance to everyone to use. Absolutely. When you talk about FlexUSD, let's go back to understanding how can we create FlexUSD? How can I get FlexUSD today? So, so um, it's relatively simple uh, in the sense that you have to get hold of USDC first. And then you can sell, send USDC into CoinFlex and you can mint FlexUSD. And it's all always one-to-one. So you can mint and redeem it one-to-one. Um, right now, the only place you could get hold of FlexUSD is on CoinFlex. Uh, we have it on the BCH SLP network and ERC20. We will roll it out onto EOS and 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 uh, all, you know all kinds of other. We, we're token agnostic. Um, uh, once the DeFi pools start accepting us, and hopefully maybe next week if we're lucky and if we can convince the communities on on Curve and and, and Aave and, and MetaStable. Um, there will be flex USD pools, so you could send in Tether, a True USD, uh, I don't know, BUSD, whatever, HUSD, whatever, you, whatever these pools take, and you could deposit that in the pool, and one to one or you know minus fees and slippage, take out flex USD and use it for whatever reason you may want to use it for. So, so there'd so be two two different ways of getting it. And if flex USD is one to one to USD, where do you? How do people get the returns, the interest rate returns, when you know, from the basis that you mentioned before? By holding FlexUSD. So it doesn't matter. Once you tokenize into FlexUSD, your USDC is already gets it automatically deployed into our repo market. So that is why that, uh, you know, you, you can either start by you sending us USDC and tokenizing, or you could go to someone else who's already done this process on, uh, on Curve and give them true USD and take out FlexUSD from it because he has to fundamentally, you know, somewhere along the value chain, it's someone's deposited USDC to tokenize. So it's one-to-one at all points. Now, CoinFlex is the only place you'll ever be able to do it one-to-one because obviously on a DeFi platform, you've got trading fees and other costs. So there's some slippage, but but you have options. You know, you can do it in either place. So if I if I put 10 USDC into CoinFlex now and I create 10, US, 10 Flex USD, and mm-hmm. during the time I earn like two USD worth of, of interest rates, how do I claim that two USD? When I redeem right. my flex USD? No, no, you, you, great question. No, you don't have to do that. We actually pay you the the uh, the two years two USDC as oh, we paid as flex USD to you on on chain. So every eight hours, once the rates thing on on uh, we paid out on, on on chain. Now, obviously, SLP or BCH is a super network because it's extremely cheap and we can send tons of payments in one go or multiple payments sorry in in series so we would pay flex usd out in in uh, into all your wallets in mm-hmm. on the erc20 side we use a similar concept to ample forth and we do a rebase mm-hmm. so your flex usd balance will go up by the equivalent of your return 
So for the Flex USD on ERC twenty Flex USD versus the yeah. the Flex USD that exists on BCH, are mm-hmm. they the same? And are they? But can I swap them easily? You you absolutely could. Yeah, you could deposit back your SLP Flex USD onto CoinFlex and withdraw on on ERC twenty. Or when we have everything else, you can cross back and forth as much as you want across any of those uh, blockchains. Okay, so in that case, then can some so someone could just use my MetaMask wallet or one of these different wallets, go into CoinFlex and start depositing things in, and then that, and then you get FlexUSD, which is ERC twenty, and then just play around in all the different kind of platforms available. Absolutely. So that sounds extremely exciting, which is you know very different from the kind of products and services that we have today. Before we move on to talk about, you know, to conclude this, what will be the risks available? What will be the risk to retail people like you and me when we're exposing ourselves to FlexUSD? Great question. So the, the, the fundamental exposure that you guys are, um, in my view, that you're exposing yourself to is counterparty risk to CoinFlex. So you are sending USDC to a centralized exchange. Now, we are way more confident as a centralized exchange and we are on a smart contract risk. So obviously you can send it to to compound and you've got smart contract risk on that side. But equally, uh, you know, you should also be, comp- you know, you and your uh, users should be, um, uh, listeners should be extremely, you know, uh, cognizant of the fact is that you are swapping smart contract risk for centralized exchange risk. And that's a different type of risk. We're way more comfortable with the risk that we have compared to smart contracts because we're, we're from our world as opposed mm-hmm. to a DeFi world, but, but we are the equivalent risk um, that you have on our side. And that's the primary one. There's a there's some secondary ones around managing liquidations and and kind of derivatives per positions on the exchange, uh, and that's obviously there as well. Uh, but uh, I would say you know given our history of running exchanges and being around, and of course they're both real risks. I would say the counterparty risk is you know it's probably the first thing you should consider. Uh, you know who are CoinFlex, who are Market Sulu, you know who are their investors. Um, you know are we comfortable? Um, depositing our assets with them. And, and it's the same question you should ask with any exchange you use, not just us. Do you foresee yourself going to also creating a different, similar stuff, but now on a decentralized exchange instead of a centralized one? So for example, taking the mechanisms of Uniswap to be yeah. enabling all these different trades to happen. What do you mean, would we? Yeah, do, do you foresee you, know, you guys doing that or someone else doing that where you are enabling Considering that the risk could be in the the central party, you know, CoinFlex as in the 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 technology provider. Yep. Could we transfer this risk to a bit more of a market risk where we are opening up to a decentralized exchange to be yep. balancing all of these trades? Yep. Yep. No, it's a, it's a, it's a great question, and, and and you actually can because. Uh, in the example of um, say um, taking it to a DeFi pool, you know, you could take. FlexUSD and, and uh, you know, let's just say you have concerns around CoinFlex or concerns around centralized exchanges, you could send it to the, you know, send your uh, FlexUSD to a DeFi pool and take out USDT, USDC, whatever you want. So, so you could mitigate counterparty risk by transferring it to somebody else on a, on a DeFi pool. Sure. Mm. Right. So, mm. you know, delays you know there are exchange withdrawal delays oh you know what i want some you know i need to get my funds right now because i've got something i need to do with it arbitrage or trade or buy some spot somewhere 
you don't have to wait for CoinFlex. You could actually deposit it into a pool and take out the other currency. So there, it, it does um, gives you more flexibility and also gives you some more assurance that you know there's these big pools out there that you could swap out of whenever mm-hmm. you wanted. You know, so. Awesome. So I how I see CoinFlex is it being um, a fixed income product where I put 10, 10 Flex USD and then I can get additional Flex USD which I can redeem for USDC, and. This, can, this is a very important product because number one, it's something that, as you mentioned, the institutional players or the traditional financial players understand. And we're just tokenizing the kind of value that it can create. And number two, we can structure them in, with all the other DeFi products available to create higher yield products. So one method yeah. could be taking FlexUSD, putting it, putting it in Curve. So you can, you can earn on FlexUSD, you can earn on Curve, and then you can even receive like CRV tokens, which are three different kind of yields. The other way is to almost like create a structured product where you have FlexUSD being a fixed income bond-like asset. And then with all the other riskier assets that's available, and you can create another high yield product that's very related to DeFi. And, you know, the whole mix and match is just endless. It is. It is. No, we're very, very excited about it because um, the possibilities are just, you know, literally endless and then we are designing some new new products that actually sit further along the curve uh from 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 because uh, repo is very overnight you know i said and then you know we also have fixed rate borrowing but collateralized and now we're looking at some tokenization of uncollateralized lending as well now we we will be coming out with a very interesting tool around this which will reveal some details on it o- over the next couple of weeks but but you know true DeFi already has a uncollateralized uh, lending DeFi. uh pool which has just come live we're doing um, a very very interesting one that uh, along those lines uh where we're tokenizing uncollateralized debt as well but we'll we'll, we'll come back and and explain that at a, uh, when we're nearer to to launch definitely definitely want to learn more about that and talk to you guys when you're ready to talk about that product sure we'd love to yeah awesome and is there anything else you want to add no, no, this is, it's, it's good. It's, 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 uh, you know, the, the growth of DeFi and the, the, the mixing of CFI to DeFi, you know, kind of bridging now across mm-hmm. this is, I think it's, it's a very, very interesting time because there's all these debates going around about, you know, hey, there's CFI or hey, there's DeFi, but, but there's actually a lot to be done um, across both. And, you know, the, 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 this is one product that does exactly that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really pleased and there'll be others as well. And so you'll give, you'll give, uh, users in crypto kind of multiple options to, to, to achieve the, the kind of goals and investment needs that they need. Awesome. So for all of you who want to start using, um, flex USD, I'll put the link down in the description below, and then you can go and play with it and start minting flex USD. And awesome. Yes. Thank you so much for your time. Suhu. Thanks a lot, Lisa. Thank you for having us. Bye. See ya.